Angus at Work, a podcast for the profit-minded cattlemen. Brought to you by the Angus Beef Bulletin, we have news and information on health, nutrition, marketing, genetics, and management. So let's get to work, shall we? It's easy to get stuck in the mindset of, well, that's how we've always done it. Fortunately, change and innovation run aplenty in the cattle business. In November, the 2023 Angus Convention's educational program highlighted innovations in the beef cattle industry and gave producers a chance to talk about challenges and opportunities they see in the future. Today's host, Shauna Hermel, sat down with panelist Travis Mitchell of Clemson University's Cooperative Extension Service, South Carolina Cattlemen's Association, and Mitchell Farms, Lydia Yawn of Yawn Family Farms, and panel moderator Troy Marshall of the American Angus Association to learn more about how users of Angus genetics can capitalize on added premiums. So let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Angus at Work podcast. I'm Shauna Hermel, editor with the Angus Beef Bulletin, and I'm talking today with Troy Marshall. Troy, what's your position there at the association? I'm the director of commercial industry relations, so I work primarily with Angus Link program. Excellent. And we just got back from Angus Convention, and you had a couple of sessions there um, talking about the Angus Link program. Um, One was a capturing value panel. Can you explain a little bit about what that program was and who all was on it? Yeah, we had a really great panel that kind of had a neat background, whether it be from the seed stock side, marketing, um, the verification side of the business, as well as cattle feeding. So we kind of had a cross-section of panelists. We had Lydia Yon with Yon Family Farms, uh, Tracy Woods with 44 Farms, and then we had Travis Mitchell with Saduka County, if I said that right, there in South Carolina. Uh, He's an extension agent that does a lot of work with local producers and kind of helps them market cattle through a board sale. And then also we had Doug Stanton with IMI Global there as well. So it was a really neat panel to to start off with, with uh, a lot of different opinions on about how to capture value. Quite a difference in the size of herds of of some of the um, participants there with the extension with the Saluda County yeah. Cattlemen's Association and, and his program there. And we'll talk to him in a little bit oh, okay. um, on the podcast. And then also, um, of course, some of the larger operations that are taking use of the video sales and, and such. So um, you also presented another session that um, was kind of a Q&A session for people to learn more. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, we actually just got together to answer questions about the Angus Link program, give people a general overview of what it is and uh, how they go about enrolling. And from a seed stock perspective there at convention, we spent some time talking about how it's kind of a customer service tool for seed stock producers as well. Excellent. Well, I know that you and Doug Stanton joined me for a previous podcast, which is a record setter for our (laughs) listeners. And and so I think a follow-up is in order and maybe some of the um, yearly numbers that you are are talking up, um, some records and premiums. We're really excited. Uh, We had the largest premiums ever paid out this year, almost 18 million at 17.8 million last year. Um, So that was 
tremendous. And then we also break down those premiums, whether or not they were just enrolled in Angus Link or the Angus Verified and, and had the Genetic Merit Scorecard. And those cattle uh, came in with an average of about $12 per hundredweight, so nearly $74 per head is what that kind of equated to. Uh, just what, for verifying that they're Angus just fired. For, just for the Angus Verified program. That was the best we've ever seen those premiums. Um, and that's, it was exciting because when you look at overall prices, we're up 30 to 40%. And yet the premiums for Angus Verified, uh, we'd never seen them that high. So. That's amazing. Did you expect that to happen this year? No, we were pleasantly surprised on the premiums with even all the NHTC and all natural programs with the higher prices and higher corn prices, we actually kind of thought maybe those premiums would decline a little bit this year. Um, but really across all classes, we saw those premiums widen out. So I think that just tells you about the sea change we're seeing in the marketplace where they're really understanding the value of these cattle and these programs and the demand remains strong for those. That's excellent with uh a little bit of higher prices, maybe that gives people the opportunity to try a program like this, to try some verification programs and with a few more dollars in their pocket. Yeah, there's no doubt. On the overall programs, if, so if they were enrolled in NHTC or All Natural or GAP, uh, along with Angus Verified, that premium was over $21 per hundredweight. So we've seen really good return on investment for those programs. Uh, but when you look at the Angus Verified and Genetic Merit Scorecard, it really is kind of a risk-free endeavor right now. IMI is subsidizing the cost of that for producers, and so they're really the only cost they have to enroll in Angus Link right now is the cost of that EID tag uh, to do agent source verification. So return on investment's really good. For those larger producers that have low lot sizes and uh, can qualify for the other programs, uh, that historically has been a really good uh, way to capture some premiums as well. Sounds like something that you might have to keep a lot of records for. What do you have to do to, to keep records on your calves to be able to qualify? Yeah. Angus Verified, it's very, very simple. All you have to do is have the registration numbers of the bulls that you've had purchased and had them transferred into your name. And so all we need is a list of those registration numbers on your herd bull battery. And that's all we need for the genetic merit scorecard as well. Okay. Uh, we also get some historical information if you have that available um, and the breed composition of your cow herd. But for... Um, <clears throat> The other thing with that, you have to be agent source verified, uh, which is really pretty simple. You just have to have a calving book that has a starting date and any date of your calving season. Um, so it's pretty simple at that level. As you mentioned, though, as you get into NHTC and all natural, uh, then you have to get into some receipts and some additional bookkeeping. So. so can you take a picture on your cell phone with the date? Would that qualify for your first calf of the season? Actually, amazingly, on the agent source verification, USDA is pretty uh, agreeable to about anything. I've seen uh, uh, a calendar uh, that was hanging on the wall in the barn where they had the first date of calving season and the last date. So that's all we really have to have is some written way of documenting when your calving season started and when it ends. Excellent. So what do people need to do if they want to enroll? Yeah, I, Again, the enrollment process, we started in January. Uh, we collaborated with IMI Global, and so they're actually administering the program for us. So they can either contact us directly here at Angus Link or Angus Association, or they can call IMI Global, and we'll get the process started. It's actually a very simple 
two-page enrollment form to begin with, and um, then we get the tag set and the enrollment process, and we'll just kind of walk producers through that as they go. Excellent. When we did our industry insights, and we're going to be talking yes. about this a lot in in the coming year, um, but when we talked to those feedlots about how they were accepting or looking at calves that they're willing to purchase and, and buy, we found some, some nice, I guess you would say, support for doing a genetic merit scorecard, didn't we? We really did, and I want to salute you for uh, the investment that Angus Media made in, in working with Cattlefax to get that survey because it kind of documented what we hoped was the case, but uh, it showed how much they valued Angus Genics and how much they va- value genetics as a whole and also that they wanted those genetics verified Um, and you know we I think it was Ronald Reagan that said trust but verify Uh, (laughs) but I think that's kind of where we're going in the marketplace too is that uh, if we can and why I'm excited about the genetic merit scorecard is that it gives us the ability to provide an objective reliable way to describe the genetic merit and pen of feeder cattle so those feeders can buy with confidence and not only are they seeing the value of genetics and that's increased dramatically over the years but also i think they're seeing genetics as a really good risk management tool as well and with input costs the way they are you know when you have a first cost of a calf at eighteen hundred dollars and with cost of gains running well over a dollar uh there's a lot of money invested by the time you get them uh, ready to go out the door into the packing plant. So it does make a difference. Now, a lot of um, times we think of some of these value-added programs being for the bigger load lots of, of cattle. Um, one of the interesting panelists to me was Travis um, was talking about some of, of what he's doing there with the Saluda County Cattlemen's and, and putting some of those groups of calves together. And how does that work into the Angus Link program? Yeah. Two parts there, I think. You know, one is with Angus Link, it is not really tied to the load lot. You don't have the audit costs that kind of restrict you to those larger size lots. So, from a cost standpoint, it's very competitive. The other part of that is, is that by grouping those cattle together where we can get buyers there, they can put together load lots, we really have the opportunity for those smaller producers to capture the value. And one of the things I think we've seen, there used to be kind of a stigma out there that the smaller guys weren't doing as good a job. Um, And that's really not the case. We're seeing some of our best scores with some of the smaller producers, and they're doing a really good job of managing the cattle. And the Angus Link program gives that small to mid-sized producer a chance to leverage the value of the genetics and the management that he's put into those calves. And that might be a producer that wouldn't have the reputation of a larger to get the bidders. Oh, that's a great point. We've always marketed feeder cattle based on reputation. and it's harder for a smaller producer to develop that reputation. And so we're uh, creating reputation cattle with uh, objective measures. So it makes it a little easier for the smaller to mid-sized producer to, to create that reputation. And uh, and also with the program, then we can take those and from a marketing standpoint, get those out in front of the right buyer at the right time. Excellent. Well, is there any other um, key takeaways maybe from the Capturing Value panel that we ought to cover here this morning? Yeah, you know, the one thing I think that's always really important is just, it is still a people business. 
It is still about building relationships, trust and integrity and passion and commitment become a big part of the marketing equation. And uh, I think sometimes we look at marketing as a kind of a cool little science that's really difficult, and it's not. You know, it really comes down to just executing and building those relationships. And I think that was one of the things that all four panelists really brought out was the, the importance of bringing that trust and that integrity into the system and and how programs like Angus Link can kind of help foster building those relationships. Excellent. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Angus at Work. We're here at the National Angus Convention and talking to some panelists that have been um, talking on the Capturing Value panel for our commercial cattlemen. Can I have you all introduce yourselves? My name is Travis Mitchell and I'm from Saluda, South Carolina. I'm a livestock and forages agent with the Clemson University Cooperative Extension Service where I cover two counties in Central South Carolina. And I'm Lydia Yon. We have um, a family operation named Yon Family Farms in Ridge Spring, South Carolina. It's um, my husband and I, our three adult children, and their six little people make up our family, and everybody's involved in the operation in one form or fashion. One of the things that we've been talking here about today is how producers can capture value on their calves. And of course with Angus Genetics, um, some of our recent research is showing some very nice premiums for Angus Genetics in the marketplace. We've also got some, some premiums for some vaccination. And I know, Travis, you talked about a program that you've put together with the Saluda County Cattlemen's um, that has been in operation for several years and that is helping commercial producers capture value. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Certainly. Many of our producers in uh, South Carolina are more small-scale producers, so uh, they don't have enough cattle to make up their own loads. So what we've done is put or partnered producers together to co-mingle load lots of uniform steers and or heifers. Uh, those cattle follow a stringent vaccination protocol and we also make sure that they are of like genetics. So here of recent, um, we've um, done a good job of marketing those cattle through these load lot sales. How many sales would there be for those cattle? Are you working with fall calving cows or spring calvers or, or both? The majority, 80%, would be fall calvers, but we do have some spring calvers that uh, we do take care of also. When did you begin this program and how did you get some producers interested? So when I uh, took over my role in Extension, um, I followed up by our longtime county agent, uh, Mr. Phil Perry. Uh, he already had this program in place. Uh, it was in cooperation with Saluda Livestock Market, the Clemson Cooperative Extension Service, and uh, the Saluda County Cattlemen's Association. So the groundwork was already laid for me. Um, I just worked uh, with the Yons through their seed stock program and also with the commercial cattlemen pro uh, producers to uh, grow this program into what it is today. 
Lydia, how important is it to work with, I know you've said that a lot of your customers are small-scale producers that are looking for ways to maybe add value. Uh, how important is it to you to work with those customers in a program like the Saluda County Cattlemen's to, to find those um, combined values? It, it's extremely important because a lot of those small producers that Travis referenced are also the producers that are doing everything right and might not have had an opportunity to capitalize on getting the value rewarded. Um, they invest their genetic invest their dollars in good genetics and they do everything right from a nutrition management herd health standpoint and just didn't have the opportunities from marketing standpoint until the group started doing this collaborative effort and you know hats off to to our extension service for taking the initiative to start a program like that and you know that Travis's predecessor had begun a replacement heifer sale for instance for those same producers years ago and so the group was already accustomed to working together and I think that might even be the slogan for the County Cattlemen's Association is working together and really that's true we can all achieve so much more if we do that so as the seed stock producer component of that we work real closely with Extension Service and with American Angus to host educational events and to help people um, become aware of the opportunities to capture more value through programs that they may or may not know how to enroll in. So Travis, where are some of those added value options? We talked about load lots. Um, you mentioned some others here on the panel today. Can you go through maybe kind of the steps of where people can start increasing value by cooperating together in a program like this? A absolutely. It, it starts with genetics. A good genetic selection and a good relationship with your seed stock producer is, is uh, imperative. So building off of those good genetic selections, uh, making sure that you're taking care of your animals, and that's gonna come through a good vaccination protocol. Uh, if you don't have one, I encourage you to work with your local veterinarian or your local extension agent to establish one. But then after that, you know, understand where, where you want your end goal to be as a producer. If, uh, you, are if you currently don't have a controlled breeding, pro breeding program, uh, let's start working there. If you're not weaning, uh, and, and preconditioning, you know, we've, we've got some value to catch there. But if you're already doing those things, uh, I encourage you to look uh, at these uh, value-added markets, uh, whether that's in more progressive uh, marketing of your cattle and these verification programs. And if you're using Angus Genetics, uh, the, ground, the groundwork is already laid for you. Um, you can work uh, through Angus Link and IMI they will populate that genetic merit scorecard for you and it just gives you more tools in your toolbox and, and that's what we want when we talk about value-added programs or or you know capturing more value i.e more dollars we want as many tools in the toolbox as we can have to get as many bids on those cattle as possible so when a person signs up to participate in a program like this do they have to sign up for the whole bowl of wax or can they begin with certain things that that's a great question so 
we're able to, so we know the producers we're working with. So if they are just getting into the program, we can try to pair them up with other producers that may just be at this level of certification. And what we've noticed with that is, is once we get them involved, next year that level of certification goes up and goes up and goes up until they have actually leveled the playing field with the folks ahead of them. What kind of premiums can people expect for putting together maybe a load lot that is Angus verified um, and has the proper vaccination protocols? That's a great question and that, that premium can you know vary or, or range greatly, but the premium is definitely consistent and it's definitely there. Uh, I would say this past year we probably saw a 25 to a 40 cent premium on cattle that were in a truckload lot and verified through Angus Link. That's nothing to sneeze at when it comes to trying to put together a positive bottom line in the cattle industry with input costs the way they are. So, and that premium stays whether we're at a high um, dollar value or a low dollar value, correct? Correct. Okay. Now, how, um, how have the producers that you've been working with, have they been... Uh, have you continued to grow your organization? Is this not for some producers? What do you find? Adding value is for every producer. And with input costs where they are, and if we're going to stay in business in this industry, then any producer needs to do more and find more ways to add value. So yes, this program is for any and every producer. As long as they're doing things right, we want to make sure that we're helping them capture that value. Excellent. Lydia, what do you see as far as some of the um, some of the response from your customers that have gotten involved in trying to capture some value by being involved with the value-added programs. Most of them realize it's a process and that they can't expect immediate results necessarily. They're, like Travis said, it's a growing process and the progression might not be over one year period. It might be over a five-year period that they get like he said, they might get their calving season under control, then add some more herd health. And all that, that accumulation of progress and the addition of the different bells and whistles they can label their calves as when they sell them opens up their market and opens them up to a greater number of bidders bidding on those calves. So I think that um, the producers are, are becoming more aware. And, you know, there's people in the, in the county that are slower to adapt to the processes than others, but they see those guys. They might sell their calves at the same sale on the same day, and they can, they can hear the prices that are being announced just the same. So I think people are starting to see the difference and benefits in, in taking the extra step to enroll in some of these cool programs that are available to us. Now, some of the opportunity in, in becoming involved in a program like this is, is working at, with the next step in the supply chain. And you mentioned that you are um, receiving some buyers that are coming back for those cattle after they have experience with them. And that's opening up some doors. Could you expand on that? Certainly. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, it, it takes time to develop these relationships. Um, but, you know, we as producers want a good relationship with the folks that's uh, buying and finishing our cattle. That's extremely important for us. That's what we're doing it for. So them reaching back out to us, providing uh, data on how our cattle performed is, is a win-win because A, we, we know that they're interested in potentially buying our cattle back, 
but also uh, it gives us the tools that we need to make better genetic selections or to fix things that we may not have been aware of. So, but it is a growing, it is a growing process and that process does take some time. But again, as I said, it, it, it's a relationship business. Where do you anticipate going in the future? How, how will you uh, maybe advance the group in the future? That's a great question. I'll answer that with wherever the consumer wants us to advance. Excellent. You have some experience with the consumer, Lydia, with some of your storefront. Um, can you explain some of that and, and some of your connection with, um, with consumers? I think it's easy for us in the cattle business to sometimes think that we're just raising cattle, but we're really raising um, food to go on the plate is what we're ultimately raising. So I think that's um, essential that we don't forget that that's the ultimate product that we're producing is beef for folks to eat. So um, we need to be mindful, of course, of consumer demand as far as the quality that they want, and, and we're blessed to have the certified Angus beef program available as Angus producers. Quality and then just telling the story of how you produce your product is becoming even more important these days. I think there's a lot of opportunity on social media to spread good news about how we produce food and how we care for our cattle, our employees, our land, and our communities. And I think that we can't send that message out too often. I think it's a great message and and there's no reason that we shouldn't scream it from the mountaintops really. I think that's a good place to start wrapping up here this afternoon. (laughs) We do try and end our Angus at Work podcast on kind of a positive note. So could each of you relate something really positive in your lives right now, whether that's professional or whether it's personal? Uh, I I think from a a positive standpoint, there's a lot of excitement about the beef cattle industry right now overall. Uh, we're, we're seeing high demand both uh, here locally and globally and uh, that excites me because this industry is full of such wonderful people and uh, it's a thrill for me to be able to call this uh, my job and uh, I feel like I work with the greatest people on earth. Um, I think probably Thanksgiving's right around the corner and it, it always this time of year is one of my favorite times of year and Uh, It's calving season at our place, so it's um, one of our best um, months, October, November. We get to see a lot of baby calves, and our kids get excited about the calves being born. Our grandkids love to go out and see the babies, and um, it's just a a new season. So it's always great to welcome a a new season and a new calf crop and see what the future might hold. And um, we're just blessed to, to be part of a family operation, which is what most all of us Angus and cattle producers are so um, let's just keep it going to the next generation and do a good job of taking care of our cattle and our land. Listeners, for more information on making Angus work for you, check out the Angus Beef Bulletin and the Angus Beef Bulletin Extra. You can subscribe to both publications in the show notes. If you have questions or comments, let us know at editorial at angus.org. And we would appreciate it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with any other profit-minded cattlemen. Thanks for listening. This has been Angus at Work.